morning from the team here at 1.37 p.m. This is 7.31 a.m. Let's get the day going. Good morning, 1.37 p.m. Thank you for getting your day started with the 7.31 a.m. podcast. My name is Bo Templin. Thank you for selecting the 7.31 a.m. podcast to get your day started. Today is Friday, September 16th, 2022. And I got to say, 7.31 a.m., this feels great. To be recording from the Vayner office, to be doing this show in New York. There's great energy all around me throughout the building. People working on projects, creating content. It's an it's an unbelievable feeling. So there's a little bit of a pinch me moment happening right now as we speak during this recording. On 7.31 a.m. today, we have stories in NFTs. We have stories in sports. We have a story in entertainment. And in gaming, it is a loaded, jam-packed show, so we got to get into this thing a little bit. Uh, Let's start here. On this day in 2011, the movie Drive was released in theaters, and, you know, Ryan Gosling obviously has gone on to do incredible projects since then. However, there's some really fun facts about this movie. So, Drive is obviously a fantastic movie, but it's not necessarily the high-octane fast and furious movie that you might be expecting kind of when you see the trailers or you see the the cover poster well when the movie was released there were people who went and saw the movie that requested refunds because they were expecting to see a fast and furious they were expecting to see a high action expendables type movie and then you know ultimately this movie ends up being a pretty slow burn and they were upset about it but I love Fast and Furious. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Drive is a fantastic movie and uh, certainly one that I love to celebrate. We may now get into the show and we're going to start here. I bring on Ezra Fuller from NFT 137. We talk about the big ETH merge that happened on Thursday. I recorded it on Thursday. This is very pertinent news in regards to NFTs cryptocurrency and the blockchain so here we go ezra fuller from nft 137 NFT. all right 137 p.m thank you for listening to 731 a.m as we get into our next story which is in crypto we're gonna get a little bit of help from the channel manager of nft 137 p.m uh, Ezra Fuller, how are we doing, dog? First appearance on 7.31 a.m. I know, I'm happy to be here. We're in the VaynerMedia office together in person for the first time. And then we have the biggest day in crypto history. That just happened today. So today is a big day. ETH has this big merge, right? Everyone keeps saying just the ETH merge. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, though? What, what happened before and what is now? Yeah, so the ETH merge, it's a very tech nerdy upgrade that's happening behind the scenes. And and we'll break that down in terms of what exactly does that mean for everyday people. Before the merge, there was proof of work. And proof of work was how the Ethereum blockchain was supported and it stayed decentralized. Proof of work is a bunch of computers all across the world that are running a specific computer program and they're spending a lot of energy and they're, they're purposely using electricity to secure the network. So that's what was before. And, and that's why uh, people think that crypto was, re- that NFTs were kind of hurting the environment because it spent the electricity. So is the motivation to change, like, is it because it is eco-friendly or is it because it improves the quality of like the service? 
So there's a couple different things that are built into the crypto merge or the Ethereum merge. So one thing is definitely the environmental impact. It's using 99.5% less electricity. So the environmental impact is officially put to rest. It's not ruining the environment anymore. Uh, You know, we can move on from that. In addition, it's it's setting up the network to be cheaper to use in the future and faster as well. So more transactions per second. So it's it's really a big day in terms of the electrical impact and the future upgrades. So right now it's not cheaper. It's not faster as of now. But this merge is setting up kind of the the baseline, the the cement layer at the bottom for future upgrades to come. So previously it was proof of work. Now the phrase is proof of state. Correct. And essentially that just means that uh, the computers are calculating whether or not you can make this like blockchain purchase. Yeah, I would say that. So proof of stake, right? It's um, staking currency. So what does that mean? It's it's called a lockup period. So in order to uh, support the network now, you need to stake Ethereum, which means that you need to have at least 32 Ethereum and stake it, meaning locking it up, which means you can't move it for a certain amount of time. And that amount of time can really be any amount of time, but people are saying between six months to 12 months or, or even beyond. So what's that doing? It's It's locking up the supply and those computers have, uh, if you lock up 32 ETH, you now have earned the right to help support the network. So that's kind of what the, the proof of stake is compared to the proof of work. And with that comes uh, a large amount of Ethereum that's locked up, which means it's it's not spendable. And uh, a large percentage of the, the crypto supply will be locked up. And it, it's basically like, it's a supply and demand thing, right? So if a lot of crypto is locked up, then you know, the supply is going down. And with these future upgrades that are being made possible, the demand could go up. So in supply and demand in the long term, right? Not financial advice. Not financial advice, but you could maybe speculate that as supply goes down and demand were to stay the same, that you could see movement in the future based off of this. Again, though, we're not, it's not a financial investment show or anything like that, but very, very interesting stuff. What do you think is like one thing people are getting wrong about the ETH merge? Like what's a, what's something you're hearing? You're like, oh, that's, that's not right. I think it is that fees are going to go down right now, um, meaning it's cheaper to use. And, and it's not. It's just setting up for the future um, to be cheaper, faster. And honestly, one thing I think people aren't thinking about is with the environmental impact totally put to bed, I think that's that's a major factor that have stopped large companies from getting on board because they don't want to be associated with a potential environmental uh, disaster of making NFTs. I was seeing some of that narrative or conversation on Twitter today saying, oh, now's the time for big fish or, you know, the the big sharks of investments to come into crypto now because they have this opportunity to not have a black mark on their name being associated with a non-eco-friendly project like crypto. You know, it's funny. Today, the price actually went down. Even though it's this amazing day in the tech world, on the tech side of things of crypto, the price has gone down and, and price is a leading indicator, meaning price is what gets people interested, right? There's always these stories of, oh, there was this, uh, my cousin had a laptop that had 40 Bitcoin on it. And of course. And that gets people interested because they're like, oh my gosh, it's worth so much. Um, but uh, crypto is very, buy the rumor, sell the news, or buy the rumor, sell the implementation. And so today's the implementation. People have already kind of bought in at, uh, at an earlier price speculating that today would be a a bump. We didn't see that. It went down. But even though today's 
big news led to a price drop, it's still very, very important. And it's it's a still the biggest day in crypto history. Which is a wild sentence to say. What I want to know, though, is like, what are the second, third, fourth dominoes that could fall? Like, um, again, all of this could be really stupid that I'm asking, but does Bitcoin or another chain or whatever say, oh, shit, ETH merged. They figured it out. We better bust our and get on our game. Like, if we don't come out with something quick, we're going to be dated. Like, does this push forward other, like, projects? I think this is a, this is a time of crypto experimentation. So there's a lot of companies that are doing layer twos, meaning it's multiple blockchains that are built on top. And that allows for a more scaled and uh, cheaper experience for the user. So this is like, it really is a building blocks. And I think all these different experimentations um, are going to lead to more people coming on board and thinking of the, just these wild implementations of crypto that we can't think about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Ezra Fuller, NFT 1.37 p.m., your first appearance on 7.31 a.m. We appreciate you, dog. Absolutely. Thank you for the great work. Uh, everyone, if you are interested, obviously, anything Web3 related, NFT 137 is the place to go. One of the leaders in Web3 coverage. Ezra Fuller, nice work, brother. Thank you. Happy to help. Thank you, Ezra, very much for the great insight and the great education on that topic. I mean, the ETH news, it felt big. It felt like we had to cover it. So I'm glad we were able to get that in, especially together in office. That was a blast. Let's now head on over into entertainment. Entertainment. This is nuts. So a week ago, we get the D23, Disney's 2023 Expo event. They announced trailers. They announced movies that are going to be coming out in the future. And one of the big hopes and pieces of excitement that led into D23 was, will we get news on Deadpool 3? Well, we did not. And it was a huge bummer. However, on Thursday of this week, and this is just classic Twitter. This is classic MCU fans going berserk. But they found that permits had been applied for and approved for filming of Deadpool 3 in Canada as we speak. Really, this just confirms that his entrance is going to be sooner rather than later. And realistically, it might not necessarily come at a time that we're expecting. Yes, Deadpool 3 could be filming right now, but this also probably means that he'll appear in a different movie beforehand. Let's now head on over into sports. Sports. On Thursday morning, Roger Federer retired from the game of tennis. And this is, I mean, this is massive news. This is truly one of the goats of the sport. And I, I said this to a lot of the team members at 1.37 p.m. But in every sport where there's, you know, debates about this, Kobe versus LeBron or or, you know, Jordan versus LeBron, or whatever that debate is, there's hatred. And that's what sports fans do. However, in tennis, Nadal and Federer for the last 20 years have just displayed greatness in a way you could never even imagine. Roger Federer is as elite of a competitor as we've ever seen in any sport. He is as big of a goat in any sport as we have ever seen. And the entire time he did it with pure class. Really, really awesome stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of great stats about Roger Federer I could read you. 1,500 singles matches. Zero match retirements. In 1,500 tennis matches, Roger Federer never once pulled out of a match due to injury. Unheard of. 
Truly, truly unheard of. This is Rafa Nadal's statement, and I thought it was really, really nice. Dear Roger, my friend and rival, I wish this day would have never come. It's a sad day for me personally and for sports around the world. It's been a pleasure, but also an honor and privilege to share all these years with you, living so many amazing moments on and off the court. We'll have many more moments to share together in the future. There's still lots of things to do together. We know that. For now, I truly wish you all the happiness with your wife, Mirka, your kids, your family, and enjoy what's ahead of you. I'll see you in London at the Labor Cup. Let's head on over into our next story in sports, and that is Canelo versus Triple G going on Saturday night. The trilogy, the third fight between the two is going to be happening in Las Vegas. DraftKings has Canelo as a minus 550 favorite. You can get Gennady Golovkin at plus 370, and the over-under on rounds is set at 10.5. The narrative for this fight is that Triple G is getting old. He is getting slow. The evidence, though, does not really suggest that. Like, if you look at the last five fights for Triple G, since losing to Canelo, he has a knockout win, a unanimous decision, referee's decision, and then a TKO. Where are we getting this narrative that Triple G is getting old and slow? The same judges from the last fight of Triple G versus Canelo will be used Saturday night in the trilogy. We will now head on over into gaming. I'm going to hand things off over to Elton Jones, who's recording from his crib. He's got two big ones. One's about Call of Duty. And then he's got some news on Street Fighter VI. Fantastic stuff from Elton Jones. Gaming. I appreciate the alley-oop, Bo. So let's talk about Street Fighter VI. As a diehard Street Fighter fan, I got everything I wanted and more yesterday during Capcom's Tokyo Game Show presentation. So, we got a good look at some classic world warriors making their comeback in this game. You got Ken, you got Dalsum, you got Blanca, and you got E Honda. They are officially a part of the Street Fighter 6 roster. We also saw some footage of World Tour Mode, which lets you make your own character, run around Metro City from Final Fight, and fight everyone on site if they so much as sniff at you wrong, fam. World Tour Mode pretty much looks like Def Jam Fight for New York had a baby with Shenmue. The Battle Hub lets you play against other people online and even lets you kill some time playing Street Fighter 2 and Final Fight. Oh, and make sure you sign up for the game's closed beta test. It's going to be held from October 7th until the 10th. I signed up immediately, fam. I can't wait to hop in and play with this new Ken who's like, I guess he's like undercover because like... The Mad Gear gang, I guess they like framed him for a crime, so he has to go undercover to protect his family. He looks real scruffy, and he's working for a construction company. I love the storyline they got, got going on with Ken. Now, let's get into Call of Duty. After Capcom took my breath away with all that Street Fighter 6 footage, I had to regain all my energy and watch the Call of Duty next event. That live stream showcase was full of new information and trailers regarding Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2.0, and even Call of Duty Mobile Warzone. That live stream showcase was full of new information and trailers regarding Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2.0, and even Call of Duty Mobile Warzone. So, the Modern Warfare 2's competitive multiplayer suite will feature a third-person viewpoint option and a new 3v3 mode called Raids. And I'm happy to say the fan-favorite co-op mode Spec Ops will be making its grand return in Modern Warfare 2. Now, Warzone 2.0 is dropping on November 16th and will feature a new map called Al-Mazra, where players will have to contend with human players and bots controlled by the AI of a course on a massive map. And finally, Call of Duty Mobile Warzone 
is currently taking pre-registration signings. The game will launch sometime next year and will feature 120 live players duking it out battle royale style. The future of Call of Duty looks bright. I know uh, the acquisition by Microsoft for uh, Activision is still, you know, up in the sky right now, but I'm, I'm guessing it's going to go down eventually. And a lot of those games, Call of Duty, big franchise, it's probably at some point going to be an Xbox exclusive. So for now, Modern Warfare 2 is going to hold us down for a few years until the big, big, big next Call of Duty way later down the line. Not next year, but like years later. So Modern Warfare 2, it looks dope. Hopefully all these features work out and Warzone 2.0, I'm going to be all in that joint when it comes out. That'll be it for today's episode. For more details on these stories and more, let's head to 137pm.com or follow 137pm on all social media platforms. Hop into our Discord. It is lively. It's popping. People are dropping their thoughts for this show every single day in the Discord. You got to go there to be part of the family. We'll be back on Monday. As always, remember, stay curious. 